Hi there, listener. It's Matthew. You've come looking for an episode of the Children's Book Podcast, and you've found it. Hooray! But you're probably wondering why the name of the podcast has changed. After eight years of doing the Children's Book Podcast, I began a new career as head of podcasts at A Kid's Company About, where I now oversee a podcast network dedicated to producing original content that talks up to kids, centers the things going on in their world, and engages and challenges how they see the world and themselves. All of the episodes of the Children's Book Podcast are still here, but now, if you're subscribed, you'll get new episodes of Worth Noting, a kid's podcast about current events, hosted by me. Something for you and the young people in your life to enjoy together. Enjoy this episode, and I hope you'll check out Worth Noting and other podcasts from a kid's company about... Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from Storyteller Academy. Learn the art of storytelling and unlock your creative potential with a team of story coaches and published professionals helping you achieve your creative goals. Sign up today at StorytellerAcademy.com. Hello! How's it going? How are you? I'm doing fine. It says on Skype we haven't chatted in over a year, but it's been longer than that, right? Yeah, I, I, that's why I actually came in here earlier to make sure that like we were still connected on Skype because I didn't know whether, know you know, who that. knows, <laughs> With the changing technologies. I wasn't sure if uh, if it was even Skype we spoke on last time. <laughs> Let's see how many name changes ago we talked. Let's see. It began with a concession speech. This is the Children's Book Podcast, episode number 546. I'm your host, Matthew Winner. Today I'm speaking to Joyce Wan, the author-illustrator of Dream Big. This new board book engages our youngest readers with affirming language to take on the world, and it does so through microbiographies of women who have done exactly that. As we discuss in our conversation, Joyce used Dream Big as a means to help give parents the tools for discussing the lives of these women throughout the world and throughout history. This isn't just for the benefit of our youngest readers, of course, but also for the adults reading aloud the story, and for the big siblings and older listeners who might be within earshot. The zero to three age is such a sweet spot, and I think this conversation and Joyce's books help make it easy to see why. Please welcome my guest, Joyce Wan, the author-illustrator of Dream Big. Hi, my name is Joyce Wan. Um, I like to be referred to as um, she and her. Um, I'm an author and illustrator of um, over two dozen books for children, such as You're My Cupcake, The Whale on My Swimming Pool, Peekaboo Farm, um, and Sleepyheads. Joyce, I am so glad to be talking to you on the podcast again. Yay, it has been a thanks. long time. It has been too long. Thanks for having me. I I have had that incredible experience of raising a child on your books. I mean, you have also been raising a child. But my yes. daughter has been growing up with your books, and it's wild, and I love it. Oh, thank you. Yeah, it is wild, actually. 
because I started doing books way before my daughter was born. She's three and a half now. So it's uh, really interesting to see her interact with my books. And sometimes, actually, I don't even, we don't even read my books because then it feels like work a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I, so for those that haven't met you yet or met your work yet, why that becomes significant, our kids reading your work, is that to me, at least, you primarily exist in the world of board books, which I love. I think maybe my brain associates you with board books because, one, you do it so well, and your your eye for design is, like, uncanny to me. And I know we talked about that years ago, and we will continue to talk about that now because I love your design eye. But also because... I don't know. Why board books? Because that doesn't feel like something that people really live in or maybe now we're getting into an age where board books are reaching that glorious place where we're letting go of classic board books where we're buying everyone <laughs> goodnight moon for the billionth time and right. instead we're seeing on the shelves that there are creators of original board books and they're really really good and that's been happening for a little while but I feel like I'm receiving at least more and more review copies of original board books that are just, they're meant for that kind of baby lit age, as Jennifer right. Adams, I think, helped to coin. Oh, yes, yes. But they're I've... they're solid at that age, too. Right. Um, I think for a while, actually, publishers were saying that they couldn't sell original board books, and that was happening a lot, actually. Um, as it, It's like as um, around the time that I was even just starting out so but I love that format I love how tactile it is I love that it's some of the first you know books that children actually are exposed to it's like kind of like their their first experience with like literature and with books and with reading together I love that I love how interactive board books can be um and it's just like there's endless possibilities with board books also, in your case, bumps and glitter. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, glitter. Yes. You've got books that you can run your fingers over and feel the bumps in some cases. Right. And there yes. is glitter, especially that yes. the cupcake. And too much glitter. All oh, of I don't those. know if anyone will agree with me, but. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing as too much glitter. Yeah. It's, I mean, for me, again, in a in a world of all the books for the four-year-old or when she was younger um, to know that, that there's someone who uh, loves language as much as I can tell you love language when I read your board books that loves, um, I want to, I want to say sentimentality. I like how sweet and kind and welcoming and loving a message. Your, your books feel like they affirm. And I like that, they can have glitter as really the icing on the cake, not the thing that draws you in to pick up the book. Yeah, I um, I think that, um, and then also that they're short. I feel they're like, short. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're short and sweet. Uh, a lot of parents are always very uh, grateful and they thank me for the... <laughs> The brevity at which I, you know, communicate, you know, these loving messages. Uh, but uh, I mean, I'm sure, you know, as a parent, you know, sometimes 
you know, it's, you know, bedtime and they want to read like the longest, thickest book on the shelf. It's nice to have like, you know, these little, um, you know, short affirmations of love and, um, you know, right before at bedtime and um, especially for that age. I think it's really great. And also, I think for for those parents that don't have that have trouble communicating that kind of, you know, those kind of emotions too with their child, because I mean, I know I I grew up that way. I didn't really grow up in a a really huggy, believe it or not, in a really huggy kind of home, you know, that a home where we said like, I love you's and things like that. That wasn't the kind of home I grew up in. So maybe I'm just creating the books that, you know, I wish you know, that, um, that my, you know, that I had, that I had as, you know, wish I had had as a child, um, and giving the tools, you know, to parents who might not have those, um, you know, the, you know, the, the words or, um, capabilities of, um, you know, sharing those types of emotions with their child, even though we all know we all feel them, but sometimes it's just, you know, difficult for, um, maybe it's cultural, you know, to communicate those feelings. Of course. And you also are giving language if we read board books the way we read board books, that we read them over and over and over. Um, You're giving language that can become the sort of code language back and forth between child and parent as they're communicating to each other beyond the book. It can just be, you know, adopted into into their vernacular, um, calling each other uh, their cupcake or their sweetie or or whatever it is that um, it's sort of your version of, you know, I'll love you to the moon and back. Right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Um, and then I've read, you know, our parents have told me that like a lot, a lot of times because of the um, how fun it is to kind of, um, you know, you know, they, they start to read the books themselves. I mean, read, you know, quote unquote, read the books after a mm-hmm. while they just memorize them, you know, and, they're able to recite them um, or finish, you know, the sentence or uh, so it's, yeah, I just, the board books. And also uh, with board books, you're talking about um, that, uh, this format. I actually came from um, uh, the gift world originally, like the, the gift and greeting card world. So to me, um, fitting like these strong emotions into very short words and or short sentences. And um, it, it was actually kind of came naturally to me. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you can fit, you know, all these emotions into a greeting card. But uh, um, but yeah, so it came naturally to me. And um, and I always tell people that um, like that zero to three age is like such a sweet spot for me. Like I feel like um, like there's there is that there's like a two-year-old child like that's how I think like inside my head like so but again to not grow up in in a a, a, an environment like that and so to say like you did earlier that I was creating the books that I sort of wanted to see no 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 before that you were actually creating the greeting cards that I mean I have been I'm 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 aware as an adult that this is a human experience I've gone through greeting cards and and read like all the different greeting cards that you can give to your mother, grandmother, right. wife, spouse, whatever. Whatever the thing is that I'm buying the card for, I swear, and this I don't I hope this doesn't make me an awful person, but there's plenty of times when I'm reading through the cards going, 
no, that's not the relationship I have with that person. Let me find the card that is. <laughs> no, I mean, I actually personally, I find a lot of the cards are a little too sappy too. So it's funny because I, I used to, I, my greeting card companies uh, was born out of an, my own, another need that I had where I wanted to send cards home to my parents when I was in college. And I couldn't find, not only could I not find Asian American inspired greeting cards, but then not ones that were like just overly sappy because like I said, my family were not like that. So, um, so I actually started creating greeting cards that were like that, that were just not overly, you know, saccharine and that were um, that were actually Asian um, inspired. So that's kind of actually how my my greeting card uh, business uh, started. Well, I know that I'll have to link our previous episode in the yeah. show notes here <laughs> because I, I remember talking about one art and talking about how much I loved that delicious thick line that you use on 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 the things you draw um especially in those um in the cupcake book and things like that um that just feels so it feels like i don't know same thing my word years later i still can't find the words that it feels (laughs) like pop art to me it feels Mm -hmm. iconic to me it feels like all the things it feels like hello kitty it feels like all the things that i'm like (laughs) child of mine watch these shows because they're so adorable pokoyo and different shows like that where i'm like i love that stuff yeah i still i still love that stuff i collect it i have a whole shelf here of like little collectibles and i call them my cuties i have all kinds of stuff i go to comic-con to like because i'm just a fan i like i love that stuff uh you know tokidoki any all that stuff hello kitty i still love and i'm so glad that hello kitties have only like has only grown as a brand since then like it's everywhere now but i love it you know (laughs) so we go from all of that to this new book that you have that to me feels different and i love that it feels different but it's it's no less affirming and 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 building up but in dream big you you give these wonderful messages of affirmation but it's through the lens of the women that have come before you is that fair to say it that way no i i was gonna say that i um i actually went and it was nice because they recently did a profile of me but i went to an all-women's college myself so um, I guess I always had this, um, strong, um, kind of streak of the girl power streak in me to begin with. Um, and, um, I mean, the book was basically born out of, because I, at the time, um, uh, it was like in 2016, I was, became a, you know, I, was, I became a new mom basically to a baby girl. Uh, she was only like nine months old at the time when the, you know, the, at, at the results of the 2016 elections. Um, and, um, and, um, you know, I was inspired after listening to, um, Hillary Clinton's concession speech, um, uh, where she said, um, and to all of the little girls who are watching this, never doubt that you are valuable and powerful and deserving of every chance and opportunity in the world to pursue and achieve your own dreams. And um, that really stuck with me, actually. Um, And is Hmm. probably what, um, you know, was the beginnings of the idea for for this book, Dream Big. Did you always lead, if I'm going to, do you mind if I read some of the words? Sure. Um, And then we'll talk about what we're seeing on the page, but... 
Um, I'm going to do my best to not have the sound of pages turning because I'm always guilty of that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> dream big. Dream high. Dream brave dreams. Dream far. Dream wide. Dream wild dreams. Dream fast. Dream deep. Dream vibrant dreams. I'm about to read this whole book. I'm going to stop. <laughs> I'm going to read the whole book. So uh, I, I want to describe for the listeners that on each of these statements, there's a different woman doing a different thing. And on our first read, having never really taken in the book, but just reading it cold together, um, it wasn't until that page turn. So dream big. There's a, a woman looking up at this giant architectural structure and dream high. There's a woman flying. But when you turn the page to dream brave dreams, there was no doubt in my mind that I was looking at a picture of Harriet Tubman. Mm -hmm. And then I started paying attention and went back and went forward thinking of who, who might these women be? Do I, do we know who they are? Um, before my daughter even started asking who they were. Um, and you have, and I'm grateful for this, to find that at the end of the book, there's back matter in a board book that says every great dream begins with a dreamer. And you've got, I'm going to count two, four, six, eight, 10, 12, 14, 16, <laughs> if, you encount, if you include the reader, 16 mm -hmm. different dreamers. And um, they're from all over the world. They're from all different nationalities and backgrounds. And um, what do you call that word? Like industries are from different industries. I think that might be the right word I'm looking for. And they're from all across time. Support for the Children's Book Podcast comes from the Highlights Foundation. Imagine your own private retreat in a picturesque setting. The Highlights Foundation believes all writers and artists can benefit from the gift of time. Time to create and time to dream. That's why they developed a program called Unworkshops that gives you the opportunity to create your own retreat. In an Unworkshop, time is yours to spend as you please. No structure, no schedule. They will provide you with comfortable lodging and three great meals a day. From the moment you arrive, you'll feel right at home and fussed over. They'll furnish a peaceful setting that lets you focus solely on your work. And for only $149 a day, you and your career are worth the investment. Learn more about these and other workshops and online courses by visiting highlightsfoundation.org slash programs. So I wonder, Joyce, when these women came into this idea of yours. We started with, if if you will, we started with um, Hillary Clinton's concession speech. When did these women throughout history enter the... Well, I love, you know, like, uh, if you, in my, in my previous board books, you've, if you, those who are familiar with them, I like to play with words a lot. You know, you are my cupcake is not only referring to an actual cupcake, but you know, it also refers to your little cupcake, you know, your, your child, um, <laughs> the reader, you know, um, the little reader. So I was, um, I started writing with dream big I started writing these words first and then was thinking that oh like you can dream big but then like big can mean 
you know, having big dreams, you know, uh, or something dreaming about something really big, you know, just like size wise. <laughs> and f- like, that's something that a kid could, you know, a small child could relate to, you know. Um, and so I actually started writing these words. But then um, I think I think it came about when I was started writing these words, I started actually having um you know, I, when I'm writing, because I, I do both the writing and the illustrating, I think I start to have images in my head sometimes. It goes kind of back and forth. It's like a very organic process, and I don't even know where it starts or begins. But um, I think as I started writing the words, um, for me, actually, even though I'm generally, I was always in kind of an illustrator first before. I, the words actually for me, and the concept comes first, and then I write the words and um I think with the dream brave dreams, I just started in my head. I was just thinking about, you know, and a lot of these women, you know, have been in like um, in the news, you know, recently or um, have started to become come back to, you know, people are talking about them a lot again, I feel like, or, you know, the last few years. Um, and um, I just started thinking about how, um, you know, Harry Tubman was just, you know, how how brave she was and then um and uh and then i was thinking that you know each one of these could could be um each one of these lines of um you know affirmations of dreams uh could be real women but you know what that was very um a scary thought for me because not only was i gonna basically be um um getting myself um, involved in like, you know, a little bit of nonfiction, you know, because that's not something that I've ever really done. So this is like my first book where I kind of dipped my dose into like a little bit of nonfiction. And then, um, you know, these were real women and uh, women that I really admired. And so that was actually very overwhelming and a a scary um, endeavor for me. because I really wanted to make sure that I, you know, that I wanted to do these women justice. And I really wanted to make sure that, um, you know, um, yeah, so I, um, but the more, uh, I, you know, as I finished writing the book, um, I just thought that it would be um, great if they were real women, because then there's so much more layers to the book. Um, that you can read the book as just affirmations about dreams. And that's why I didn't actually like put the names of these women in like big letters. I mean, they're in actually little letters um, on each page, um, the names. You can, if you look for it, you can kind of find it. Like, Oh my um, word, I kind see of, it now. I yeah. never, yeah. <laughs> oh my word, right in so front of So that's kind of like a fun little thing, like for, if to find it and to see, like for parents or for um, older children, maybe reading it who, um, because not all the women are like, you know, like as well, known, you know, not every woman in the book is super uh, as well known as some of the others. Um, so uh, that would be a fun game to play, wouldn't it? Like yeah. in what parts of the country or the world are are different sets of the women that you portray better known? Because I'm positive right. in different households, different names oh, right. would be more pronounced. Right. I think about eugenie clark and all of the um there's been a couple books recently picture books included that have come out about that shark lady Uh, and i i think about ellen degeneres and uh how great to have um someone who is living today 
um, and is like all over. She is, what's the word I'm looking for? That she's uh, ubiquitous with pop culture, mm-hmm. I think. Right. Is maybe the way I'm trying to say it. Um, whereas we think of maybe humanitarian work and one of the first names that comes to my mind is Jane Goodall and her work with the chimpanzees. Right. And um, it's it's interesting, too, because how some people relate to a book like of someone I knew. Um, my sister showed a book to somebody, showed this book to somebody. And when she got to the end to see Sirimabo um, Bandaranaika um, the, at the end, um, she was like, oh, my God, that's Sirima, you know, like Mabo Bandaranaika. And like not I mean, she's not super well known, but, you know, but I mean, maybe by you know as well known like say and maybe in this country as like say harriet tubman or amelia earhart but i guess that woman who was reading the book she had um she was sri lankan actually and she was just so almost um she got emotional actually because she said that 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 particular person's not not often you know featured in in books or anything that she's the former prime minister of sri lanka and world's the world's first female prime minister actually so there were See, that is amazing that that you have this connection that can really make a person feel seen that you saw this person that that's important mm-hmm. in my life your friend was saying right. i thought um because of hidden figures katherine johnson has been popping up a lot in right. picture books and i'm amazed but i want to say i'm amazed but not surprised that so many of my children can identify Katherine Johnson now. But I think mm-hmm. of other names. Um, like, okay, so I need to tell you about Julia noticing on your very first page. This is, I always read the book right before yeah. the interview too, right? So Julia and I read yeah. um, the book tonight before I came down, um, before we came down from bed. And Zaha Hadid is the very first image that you show with Dream Big. Yeah. And Julia said right away, she was like, Daddy, look at that building. It's like a mountain or a river. <laughs> and I thought, Joyce Wan, you are illustrating architecture in a way that a four-year-old can make a connection between that's, form and structure. That's wonderful. It's just like, that's the thing that you did by choosing this woman and including this woman and her life's work in this book. There are That's moments wonderful. like that that you do. There's another thing I want to point out in a moment, but to point out, uh, or to but to bring attention to um, Junko Tabai, the first woman to climb Mount Everest and all seven summits of the world, a name that I had heard of, but I didn't realize the extent of her prowess. Um, thinking of oh, um, Maya Angelou, the late Maya Angelou, and how beautiful it was that, Daddy, she's in a library. You know, it's funny because her house actually looked like that. She had like bookcases of um, books of books. Like, I mean, she there was there was pictures of her house because after she passed away, they had they actually had an estate sale, a Maya Angelou estate sale. Can you imagine? I was like, what? I wish I can't imagine that at all. (laughs) (laughs) And I mean, there were lines out the door, you know, to go. You talk about this estate sale, but I also noticed that there's, you know, there's a Grammy Award on the shelf, which is just, there's, there's these little, there's just these little details that nod to yeah. the recognition. Award. In the back of the book, you write Maya Angelou, a poet and author who inspires people worldwide with her wisdom and words. But clearly you're doing 
even more work than that, allowing children to um, read and research what's in the illustration, including for Maya Angelou, that there's um, a birdcage that is open with birds around her. That I thought yes. was such a great detail. And then there's like the Grammy Award and there's like the little presidential Medal the, of yes, Honor. So the one thing I wanted to bring us back to, though, which really moved me and was something from for all that I was studying the illustrations and not noticing that the, the, the people's names were in the illustration. Um, <laughs> I did notice that for two of the women you feature, uh, I, I, sh- I should go this way. Most of the women you feature have this slight smile on their face, almost this sense of I'm accomplishing something. I'm accomplishing my dream, right? You have two women, though, that aren't smiling, and that's Harriet Tubman and Rosa Parks. And I thought how important in studying the art those details were, too, that their journeys and accomplishing their dreams didn't mean in these moments smiling and happiness there was an overcoming that is universal in all of their, in all of these women's accomplishments, but in the moments that you depict, um, giving, giving us the parents and the readers, um, a moment of, of solitude or of, of solemnness around that event, I thought was, was especially poignant. Yes. And that was another thing too, I think in, in, um, you know, Going into um, nonfiction um, picture books, I think that there is also a level of sensitivity that you have to kind of make sure you pay attention to. Um, and I, yeah, I did feel like in, in those particular um, pictures, um, it did require a little bit more of a serious, uh, you know, tone. Um, I think that the serious tone that you brought to it um just again allows us to look more closely it's a detail that asks a question why why isn't she smiling or why is the sky so dark or why does this building look this way or you know just why which is so important that children of all ages ask but is especially important at such a young age when Uh, for my daughter and probably for yours as well, all the questions are why right now she's learning and absorbing everything and she's studying the world. And so this is a book that gives her a chance to study this book and, and, and come to understandings. Right. And that's the, the, the thing about this book was that, um, you know, it gives a nice, like, um, an introduction into, um, some of the more, I guess, difficult, kind of um, um, times in, in America or in this world, um, you know, but um, I mean, I didn't realize actually, it, it actually, um, uh, well, like, I was like, for example, I, um, I uh, was at a reading and um, I was reading the book and then, um, you know, and then I went quickly through each, I usually go through each woman and explain um, briefly um, what, um, 
each woman did. And uh, a, a child actually asked me, uh, raised their hand and asked me what slavery was. <laughs> you know, I never thought that I would have to explain what slavery was. I mean, I mean, obviously, I wrote the book, so I, I was luckily I was prepared with an answer. But, um, uh, you know, that I would have to explain what slavery was to a room full of preschoolers. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's certainly a very um, a different thing to um, to work on this book. But in some ways, I'm kind of um, really glad that they're asking these kind of questions. And, um, you know, I think it's important Um and it, it gives you know gives them a you know a little introduction in, into these into these different topics. It opens up their world a little right, bit, doesn't right. it? And I think that these are words that we need to be aware of because right. it's where our nation comes from. Right. And if we're not talking about it, then um, we're not we're not moving forward the right way. Exactly. I thought how beautiful that that toward the end. Um, in the last set of women that you feature, you've got um, Catherine Johnson and Chen Sheng Wu, these two women that um, are given these beautiful, complex words, dream probabilities, dream <laughs> impossibilities. I thought that was the greatest pairing to have those two words. Um, they're such meaty multi-syllabic words they're kind of fun to say though aren't they they are <laughs> and you give with those words you give you give not only um a depiction of women who who, who were in science and math very you know complex detail-oriented fields <laughs> but their their backgrounds also Catherine, with this just a giant green chalkboard of equations and, and, you know, on the opposite page in Shen Shen Wu's page, it's just this, like, the giant, <laughs> the giant computer with these, like, atom symbol particles <laughs> going on in the background. It just was, it was a, th there's so many different depictions of, of these, of different women throughout, but the way that not only there you're showing yet another leaf of, of how how complex and, and varied the dreams and opportunities are for the your readers. Uh, but to, to bring it to the um, closing page where you show a, a world in miniature, maybe the, the most <laughs> um, the most um, sort of cartoon-ish, cartoon-esque pages. All the other ones seem to be drawn in, in relative proportion and this one is just sort of look at all of the people in this busy busy world <laughs> and this glowing sun rising and shooting its rays all over the page um with that possibility that that's rising um i feel like the way you brought it all together is uh is is hopeful and joyous and i can't think of a better way to send a four-year-old into into whatever the next step of dreaming may be, um, then then the wonderful, encouraging words you committed to this book. Yeah, I love um, ending my books on a hopeful, you know, hopeful note because you know dreams, um, you know, dream. That's you know, the book is about dreaming big, um, and I want children to 
to see all these, uh, you know, to, to think about all these women that came before um, and um, to just be aware of all the all the possibilities, you know, um, all the that the that the world is limitless um, and um, that um, you really can, you know, um, reach for the stars, you know, yeah. <laughs> um, I love that you sort of have these, like you're saying, the big finish. It's a big finish where the curtains pull back and just all the cast is out there. Um, it's great. It's it's great to end on that that moment of just everyone see your entire world, see see yourself, see the possibilities. It's beautiful. I'm glad, Joyce, you. to know that you're in the world and you're in front of our our babies, in front of our <laughs> our, our preschoolers. And um, sending these messages to them and speaking to them with the the respect and appreciation that you do to give a book like this to young children. I think that it's a really wonderful world we're living in now that these are the books that are being written for ages, you know, zero to three, that are the books are being written with them in mind. Um, it's, it's a wonderful thing. Thank you. So I want to bring you maybe unconventionally um, to a much younger library full of children than perhaps I'm used to. I, I, I see my preschoolers on, on Thursdays and it's actually the most adorable thing. I um, go to their room for book selection. I bring a cart of books and they're mid nap when I come. <laughs> so I set up a little classroom library. Oh. I set up my scanner and my laptop and then when they wake up, and sometimes I get to, I get to help like shake their shoulder. It's time Aww. to wake up. It's super adorable. <laughs> uh, so, when I ask this question, Joyce, I would love for you to picture those readers, those young readers that that you write for, and the adults that read to them, of course. But I will see a library full of children tomorrow morning. Joyce, is there a message that I can bring to them from you? Um, yeah, that no matter who you are or where you come from, that we all have the power to make a positive change in this world. This is Darshna Kiani, author of How to Wear a Sari, coming in fall 2020. Want to find out the latest South Asian books and children's literature? Check out www.darshanakhiani.com forward slash South Asian Kid Lit. The Children's Book Podcast is recorded and produced by Matthew Winner in his library studio in Ellicott City, Maryland. You can subscribe to the podcast and access the archive of over 400 episodes at matthewcwinner.com forward slash podcast. Our theme music is by Pottington Bear, care of the Free Music Archive. All views and opinions expressed on the show are those of the individuals and do not reflect ideas or viewpoints of the publishers of the books referenced. Want to help out the show? Writing a review on iTunes or sharing the podcast with friends through Facebook, Twitter, word of mouth, or any other means helps reach more listeners, which leads to more content and more amazing guests. And that's a very good thing indeed. 
Before we leave, I want to give a shout out to all of our patrons. Those folks who are supporting the podcast and helping keep the lights on care of our Patreon page. Thank you, Tracy, Hallie, Chris, Amy, Summer, Sarah, Kate, Darshna, Patricia, Amanda, Theo, Jarrett, Justin, Anitra, Selaja, Ailey, Suzanne, Mike, Steve, Mia, Karina, Adrian, Irene, Kate, Ed, Jenny Sue, Cynthia, Sylvie, Doug, Amanda, Judy, Ruth, Elaine, Teresa, Alicia, and others who are coming with me on this journey. You're welcome to join us. Just visit patreon.com slash Matthew C. Winner and pick the support tier that's right for you. Teamwork makes the dream work, and each of you are helping to provide the tools necessary to make this podcast even greater. Thank you. We know you value what you put in front of your kids, especially when it comes to screens and podcasts. That's why we're excited to share a new podcast from our friends at Sleepiest, creating bedtime stories to help your kids fall asleep fast. Hello, Abby here. If you've got children and find bedtimes a struggle, I'd like to tell you about Coco Sleep, a children's story podcast designed to make bedtime a dream. Coco Sleep turns a chaotic bedtime into cozy bonding time. The stories are delivered in a pace that gently slows. Rumour has it that no one's ever heard an ending. So search Coco Sleep on your favourite podcast app and let's make bedtime a dream. That's K-O-K-O Sleep and I'll see you there.